Hi, Keith here. The Rebel Civics Show on the Unsafe Space Network is an education and discussion show on the principles of government, society, and individual rights. Today, I want to talk about Constitution Day and answer the question, is Constitution Day constitutional? It's a bit triggering of a question, but it is a good question, as you're going to find out. So let's start by saying there's actually two answers. So the first question is about the federal Constitution Day itself. That's a day that Congress designated called Constitution Day and Citizenship Day. I'm going to go through the public law on that. It's a day that the schools are required to teach the Constitution. It's on September 17th of each year. It's a celebration or supposed to honor the September 17th, 1787 release of the Constitution from Philadelphia out to the states for review and ratification. Uh, it's also called Constitution Week. And in the law, if Constitution Day, September 17th, happens to fall on Sunday, um, then you can teach it out of the week before or the week after, and they tend to call it Constitution Week. Um, the uh, second question is studying the Constitution. That's actually a good idea. So even though Congress does require it, it is still a good idea to do it. So it's recommended. So I'm going to talk about my guest teaching and I'm going to talk about Rebel Civics Academy, where for Constitution Week, uh, I taught the Constitution to a group of students. So let's start with the uh, beginning here. And I just want to talk about is Constitution Day constitutional from the federal government perspective, as far as the law goes. Uh, I can't summarize this any better than the great Michael Bolden did um, out of the uh, 10th Amendment Center. So let me share this screen and I'll quote you how Michael put it. Constitution Day is the day that the largest government in the history of the world unconstitutionally mandates that schools unconstitutionally funded by the unconstitutional Federal Department of Education must teach your kids about constitutional limits on federal power. Uh, Michael nailed it here. Um, that describes it exactly. So I'm going to go through this uh, in some detail here. Um, but yeah, the, so the United States government is the largest government in the history of the earth. Um, so let's start with just talking about where this law comes from. Uh, there's a lot there to break down, uh, and every phrase in there is true. So let's start with public law. So uh, the federal registration, federal uh, public law 108-447, uh, this was an act from 2004, passed by Congress, signed into law by the president. Uh, I have this uh, whole thing. This is a little painful here, but I'm just going to show you because uh, it's worth just wading through uh, just to see like how much stuff these guys really do. So this is a 118 statute. Uh, 2809 is the page. So this kind of starts at page 2809. So the actual section that matters for uh, what we're going to talk about, Public Law 108-447, it's section 111B. It's on page 3344, 3344. Normally, I would just show these things in advance, but I want you to have to go through the agony of what I did to find this. So here I'm going to show where section 3344, four, page 3344, section 111B. Um, 
this is all laws. So when um, you hear about Congress pass a law, this is kind of typical. This is an appropriations bill. Uh, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages. I don't know how many pages, thousand pages. Uh, the committees produce these. Uh, no one actually reads them. It's it, You need a team of people in a month to read this whole thing. And there's so much in here. Um, it's a little entertaining to just scan through 100 pages of it and then pick something out. What am I up to here? Um, again, I'm doing this on purpose. I'm up to page 3050. Um, I think I'm about halfway to 3344. Um, and you can just stop anywhere and just read. Here we go. 150,000 is available for African-American Interdenominational Ministries, Inc. of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to implement an insurance outreach program. 1.9 million is available for AIDS Healthcare Foundation, Los Angeles, California, for a demonstration of residential and outpatient treatment facilities. 450,000 is available for the Bronx Lebanon Hospital Center, Bronx, New York, for comprehensive adolescent and young adult. Blah, 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 blah. Like that's typical. I just randomly stop somewhere. Um, it's one sentence. They hand out like 1.9 million to some place that probably some senator's kid works at or who knows, or somebody donated something to a campaign and he gets a line in there. Here we go. 250,000. Oops. I'll just pick another one. A uh, hundred thousand shall be awarded to the Hopkinsville Christian public library in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to spend this much time on it, but um Check it out. Just look at an appropriations bill and see what we're actually paying our Congress to do. Uh, I'm getting close. I'm getting close here. Let me see again where I'm at page 3,223. So I'm getting pretty close to the law I wanted to show you about. Um, I suspect that you could pick out every one of these and I could do a whole hour show on it and just point out why this is ridiculous. Um, there's so much in here. Okay, where am I at? I'm getting close. I got to just buzz a little further. 3326. I think I'm about here. Here it is, I think. Make sure. 3344. So I'm in uh, 108-447. It's federal statute 118, uh, page 3344. Uh, we want section 110 or 111. Uh, 109 is the national tree. Did you know that we spent money on our congressman, 536 people sat around and they voted, they declared the oak as the national tree. But then I digress. Okay, here we go. Section 110, that's employee, that's about retirement. Here we go. Section 111, this is what I want to show you. Uh, a, uh, this is about um, the uh, federal agencies have to teach the constitution. Uh, that's pretty funny, like the federal agencies actually care about the constitution. But the one I actually want to talk about is here. Here we go. This is section 111B. It says, each educational institution that receives federal funds for fiscal year shall hold an education educational program on the United States Constitution on September, September 17th of such year for the students served by the educational institution. Now that's all schools that receive federal funding. Uh, this is not specific on level. This applies 
through college. Uh, it applies from kindergarten, primary schools, secondary schools, uh, higher education. Uh, and then they uh, part of this see um, they inserted Constitution Day and before Citizenship Day. Citizenship Day was already an earlier law. They added Constitution Day. And then there's a bunch of things about where they do some little commemoration and adding. So basically, this is the day. So that's why Michael Bolden's quote is kind of funny uh, and true. So Congress actually mandates uh, that schools have to teach this on um, Constitution Day or the Department of Education allows to them to teach it the week before, the week after, if it happens to fall on a Saturday, Sunday, or a holiday. So that's the deal with the Department of Education. Now, I'm also going to show you guys uh, the second part of this, which is in the Federal Regist Register. Uh, so this was the next year, 2005. So what really happens with these congressional laws is there's some agency, three-letter agency, that actually has a tremendous amount of power. They're the ones who have to take that one sentence that I just read to you and actually do something. So it took them a year or so to get this out. But so May 24, 2005, uh, this is comes from the Federal Department of Education. So the summary here, um, pursuant to legislation passed by Congress, which I just read you, educational institutions receiving federal funding are required to hold an education program pertaining to the United States Constitution on September 17th of each year. This notice implements this provision as it applies to educational institutions that receive funding from the department. Uh, and then there's more details about it. It talks about uh, it allows them to teach it the week before or after. If it happens to on Sunday, uh, reports the law that I just led public law 108-447, the Consolidated Appropriations Act 2005, 1118 statute 2809. That's where it starts, but it's page 3344. And for five, section 111, uh, they quote the law uh, for here. This is good. So for purposes of the department's implementation, educational institutions, institutions includes, but is not limited to local educational agencies and institutions of higher education receiving federal funding from the department. They do note that they can only require uh, schools that receive federal funding from the Department of Education, which is a huge number of schools. Uh, there are other schools that receive federal funding for education. Uh, it applies to them too, but they have to have their own law. So there's some other three-letter agency that takes care of those other schools. Uh, but this requires, uh, this applies to a lot of schools. Uh, it applies to every government school. Uh, any public school, I call them government schools because they're not public. Like the public's not allowed in. They don't teach the public. That's not what the word public means. They're government schools. Um, so uh, this goes through when September 17th falls on a Saturday, Sunday holiday. Constitution Day should be held the preceding week or the following week. And of course, as normal, they don't authorize funds to carry this out. This is up to schools to do it themselves. Um, Okay, so that's the congressional uh, requirement here. Um, so I just want to chat a bit about Michael's, Michael's comment. So he starts with uh, the largest government in the history of the, of the uh, world. Uh, that's true. United States government is the largest government. It unconstitutionally mandates. Uh, the reason for saying that, it does mandate it. 
Um, and it's unconstitutional because the federal government has no constitutional authority. Congress has no authority in Article One of this little document to do anything related to education. So that's why it's unconstitutional. Um, and the, uh, the Department of Education itself is unconstitutional. So by definition, anything the Department of Education does is actually unconstitutional. So uh, as far as federal uh, involvement in education, um, once the Department of Education got into that business, uh, they got their grimy fingers into the education system. My view, people that talk about they want to fix the education system, we need to fix the schools. Uh, the first step is you got to close down the Department of Education and get rid of all this influence. Uh, if you don't do that, I don't think it's possible to fix the schools. You're just dancing around the edges. Uh, you got to get the federal government out of it before you can even start. So. To me, the first step to fixing education is to eliminate the Department of Education. Um, all right, I'm going to share the screen again. I'm going to show you another thing. So I'm just going to talk about the uh, Department of Education. So here's another fun link I found. Uh, this is uh, from USA.gov. This is the Department of Education. And uh, as always, we'll put the link in the show notes for everything I discussed here. You just go to unsafespace.com, Rebel Civics, and you can find them. Um, you'll be able to find them. Um, so the Department of Education, uh, it's it's um, got a whole bunch of agencies. There's uh, something like there's 4,400 employees. I don't know what they all do. Um, they don't teach. That isn't the job. Uh, the parent agency, of course, is the White House. So it's an executive branch agency. So it's part of the uh, White House program. They do uh, popular services. They call it services. I don't like to use the word services for people that steal money and then dole it out. Uh, service isn't really the right word. But anyway, they call it a service. Apply for aid for college, find grants and scholarships, student loan forgiveness. Um, then there's these related agencies. I don't think I want to really uh, read through them all, but it's a long list. English Language Acquisition Office, the Office of Career, Technical, and Adult Education, the Office of Special Education and Rehabilitative Services, the Institute of Educational Studies, Federal Student Aid Information Center, Literacy Information and Communication System. Uh, and there's some more. Um, I far as I could tell that uh, federal law that I read, that applies to all these other agencies too. So whoever they fund, they also need to teach the Constitution. And guess what? Very few people actually do teach it. So there's the Department of Education. Um, some more information about it from Wikipedia. So uh, yeah, 4,400 employees. It's a cabinet level agency. Um, it started in 1979. Now, I don't know if anyone got educated before that, but there was another federal uh, group that got into education that goes back to just after the War for Southern Independence, 1860, 69 or something like that. But anyway, the, the Department of Education we have right now, that started in 1979. Um, their annual budget last year was $68 billion. Uh, a lot of schools were closed last year. Um, they, the 2023 request is for 88 billion. Uh, that's a hell of an increase. Uh, they must have done just an amazingly great job last year that their budget has to go from 68 billion to 
88 billion. And there's funds for pandemic recovery. Now, pandemic didn't affect very many kids. So I assume by pandemic, pandemic recovery, they're talking about recovering from the stupid government lockdowns. Um, so they need more money to recover from the government uh, doing stupid things. And of course, Pell Grants, Title I assistance, among other programs. Um, here's a little note. You sometimes see people write DOE. Uh, DOE report, uh, that's the Department of Energy. So the um, official abbreviation is ED. Um, that also stands for something else. I guess the educators didn't realize that the ED thing was already taken. But anyway, it's the Department of ED, D-O-E-D is the way you write that, uh, usually with a little D. Um, here we go. So uh, remember, we do that. Um, not that I don't want to abolish the Department of Energy also. I digress, but. Yeah, that's unconstitutional, too, and we should get rid of that. Uh, that would certainly help our power problems. Um, their main job is to stifle innovation and prevent people from building energy systems that are efficient and what people want. So, yeah, let's get rid of the DOE and the DOED. Um, anyway, uh, here's their functions, four key functions. Establish policies on federal financial aid, distributing and monitoring. So doling out the loot that they get from taxes and printing money. Uh, collect data. Uh, oh, yeah, you can better believe they collect data. Um, the federal agencies love to collect data. Then they focus national attention on key educational issues. The last two years, it was providing misinformation about COVID and cloth masks and lockdown. So they probably spent a lot of money on that, but I don't have any numbers on it. Prohibiting this discrimination and ensuring equal access. Now, I don't know how you do equal access to education, uh, as is always the case whenever you say they want equal access. The only way to do that is a prison. I guess everybody has equal access in the prison and the gulag. Um, but equal access, you can tell they're up to no good. Um, it's a member of the United States Interagency Council on Homelessness. Uh, I don't know why that has that is involved in it. Anyway, here's their budget. Uh, Pell Grants, handing out money. Blue, Federal Direct Student Loan Program, handing out more money. This is the stuff that they forgive, if you remember. Uh, I did a show on that, uh, loan forgiveness. Title I grants. Oh, yep, there's some more grants. Um, these are grants that they don't even need to forgive because they just hand them out. Then there's special education. Uh, there's another $12 billion other Eight billion. I don't know what they do with other. Um, all right, I read this, trying to understand it. Uh, it just convinced me that yeah, we need to get rid of them. Um, the early history. Let me start with with that because that's uh, that's interesting. Um, guess when it started? It started after the war for Southern Independence, which is when this federal behemoth of a general government in D.C. like really took off after uh, Lincoln. Uh, increase the size and scope of the federal government, like by orders of magnitude. Um, so the first one started in the 1860s. Let's see, find a year here. It's 1869, I think. I got to back up. 1867, excuse me. So it was President Andrew Johnson. He signed legislation for a Department of Education. They wanted to collect information and provide advice to schools. Uh, the way the Department of Ag Agriculture helped farmers. Um, they should have just nipped this in the bud there, and somebody should have said, this is stupid. 
this is not going to go well. And guess what? It was originally proposed by, I don't know who this guy is, uh, but the National Teachers Association, which is now the National Education Association. So no surprise, uh, the teachers union was uh, part of this. Um, so it had various names over the years. Uh, the United States Office of Education, people were concerned it would have too much control over local schools. Huh. We're talking 1867 here. People already were worried about that. Um, anyway, it changed to various names. 1920, they became a secretary. Then it became a bureau. Uh, became part of a federal security agency. That's weird. Uh, then there was a reorganization plan on Eisenhower. 79, President Carter, he's the one who uh, wanted to do a cabinet-level department. So this made its own department, and they expanded it, and they started growing and growing. Uh, 79, it was only $12 billion. Now they won $80 billion. Uh, no surprise, that's what happens. Um, I won't go through the later history, but here's all these different offices. Here's their organization, blah, 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 right? Uh, there's a lot of people involved. Uh, I don't know what the 4,400 people in D.C. do, but I can tell you one thing that they don't do. None of them teach anybody anything. Uh, that's not their job. They're not teachers. Um, lots more links here. So, all right, that's enough of that. I don't want to get into that too much further. Um, oh, I do have one more topic I'm going to bring up before I stop talking about the uh, Department of Education. Uh, here's an interesting article. So government is force by definition. Uh, I, got, I found this uh, actually looking for something else because I was looking at like how many guns does the government have and how many, what agencies have guns? So one of the agencies that has guns that you might not think needs guns is the Department of Education. Department of Education has 100 special agents that each carry a 40 caliber Glock as part of their regular course of duties. Well, that's interesting. What does the Department of Education do that needs 100 people that have to carry a Glock normally? Like every day at work, they carry a Glock. Uh, they also needed more shotguns, so they just uh, purchased 27 more shotguns to bring their shotgun count to 52. So the agents carry shotguns when conducting high risk of arrest and search warrant operations which is standard practice for law enforcement. Like, what are we talking about here? Department of Education we're talking about. Uh, why is this a law enforcement agency? Anyway, that one kind of surprised me. So where does that come from? Like, what did the guys in the Department of Education do exactly day to day that they need a Glock and occasionally need a shotgun for high risk activities? Um, the teachers I'd like to see with a Glock is like, the teachers in the Broward County school system, maybe they would have stopped that creep in Parkland. Um, Department of Education people should not need a gun unless they work in D.C. and they need a gun to come because they're coming home from work late. Uh, anyway, uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, the, the problem with the letting the federal government get involved in education is that it ties it ties it in like the the uh, this huge budget is used to manipulate the schools to control what they're doing, um, and they influence it in lots of ways, most of which or all of which we'd be better off. 
So we should really get rid of the whole the whole thing. All right, I'm going to change gears for a second here and talk about um, get back into kind of the, the history here. So enough about the department. Um, the whole thing's unconstitutional. That's the point of Michael Bolden's quote. So as far as the day goes, uh, I want to like get into that briefly. So September 17th, 1787, that's the day that's supposedly honored. Uh, you can't honor a day that's based on limited government with oppressive government rules and Department of Education. Uh, it's just funny. I'd just laugh or I would cry about that. Uh, that doesn't honor the day at all. This does exactly the opposite of honoring the day. But I still think you should teach it. Um, it doesn't matter that Congress declared it required. Uh, you should do it anyway. Uh, normally, if Congress requires it, I might say, well, I ain't doing that. But this particular one, I do agree. Um, the day itself, uh, Congress uh, assembled in Philadelphia in what we call Independence Hall now. And, and they wrote the Constitution. It took them five months to hash it out. Um, they produced this little book, which... Uh, I think everybody should have one and read it once in a while. It takes about an hour to read it. Um, on September 17th, 1787, they finally agreed to put a fork in it. Uh, there was people that weren't happy about a lot of details in it. There were some places that they were worried about it being abused. But September 17th is when they stopped. Uh, summer was ending. Uh, they had been at it for five months. Uh, it was a hot summer. They were done. Um so on September 17th, they sent it out to the states for ratification. Now, uh, everybody that watches Rebel Civics and reads the Constitution should know that when they finished it, it didn't take effect because they didn't have that authority. They were delegates sent by each state, uh, except for Rhode Island didn't vote. But so 12 of them voted to send it out. Uh, there were three delegates that didn't vote. They thought it was too open for uh, abuse. Um, that some of the language was too um, permissive. Uh, the Commerce Clause, for example, they thought would be abused. They were right. Um, the Welfare Clause, people were concerned it would be abused. They were right. Uh, some of the people wanted a Bill of Rights. A couple of people didn't vote for it because they said we need to explicitly list some of the rights that the government's not allowed to infringe on as a reminder. Um, and uh, quite a few of the states made establishing a bill of right contingent on their accepting the constitution. So it wasn't until the next June that um, nine states ratified it and then it took effect and the United States as we know it today exists. But anyway, we call September 17th Constitution Day per Congress. And uh, that's the day that the document was was finished. Um, if you, I uh, try to look up like what is the, um, claim under the Constitution Clause that you can have any educational involvement in the uh, in the states and in, in what the states and local governments are doing. Uh, they claim it's under the Commerce Clause. Uh, that's one of the most abused clauses in the Constitution, where they say that Congress shall have the power to regulate interstate commerce. Uh, what they meant by that and what regulate meant in 1787 when that was written, regulate means to make it regular. In other words, it wasn't regulation. It didn't mean that they can write laws to prohibit it. Uh, mostly what is done under the Commerce Clause is to prevent commerce. That's what the Commerce Clause is now used for. It was written the opposite. 
And I think a lot of the people in D.C. know this, but they do it anyway. So anyway, they think that the Department of Education can be uh, funded to the tune of $88 billion because of the Commerce Clause, because Congress has the power to regulate interstate commerce. Uh, I didn't bother to read their argument, but I'm familiar with it from the the Wheat case and the uh, Angel Rake case where they said that growing marijuana in your own home for your own medical use in a state where medical marijuana is legal, that they are allowed to make illegal because it violates the Commerce Clause under the argument that if Rake had not grown a marijuana plant in her backyard for her own medical use, she might have bought it on the market. And if she bought it on the market, it might have been from another state. And so it could have been interstate commerce. So because she grew it in her backyard rather than not buy it, maybe from another state, then she was affecting interstate commerce. Therefore, Congress can make a law and make growing marijuana illegal in your backyard. Um, That's the most cluster. I can't I don't want to say what I think about that law. It's a ridiculous argument. And it's the same as the argument that the Department of Education is constitutional under the Commerce Clause. Uh, I didn't bother to look it up, but I've seen that argument so many times. I'm just taking a guess. And full disclosure, I'm guessing. I assume that the reason is they think that if people don't get educated, then they won't be as productive and they won't contribute to interstate commerce as much as they would if they were educated. Um, Therefore, Congress can regulate it. That's just a guess, but that is normally the way all they they phrase it. Uh, In the thing that I found that said that the Department of Education is legal based on the Commerce Clause, it didn't explain it. It just said that the Commerce Clause allows Congress to fund a Department of Education and allows the Department of Education to make rules about what schools are allowed to do tied with funding. Uh, I call BS on that again. Um, It's it's ridiculous. So those arguments are common, though. So let me just go back. I'm going to show the meme again, because um, in case uh, in the beginning you didn't understand uh, everything, why everything in here is true. um, Let's read this again. Constitution Day. And again, this is the great Michael Bolden. The day that the largest government in the history of the world unconstitutionally mandates that schools unconstitutionally funded by the unconstitutional Federal Department of Education must teach your kids about constitutional limits on federal power. So I hope after I went through all that, that you sat, those who uh, sat through a half an hour of me ranting, uh, they understand why this is, uh, this is totally true. Uh, this, this description absolutely nails it. This is one of my favorite Michael Bolden quotes. So um, next, I just want to talk a little bit more about um, the second part of the question or the second version of the question. Um, Yes, Constitution Day as the federal holiday is unconstitutional. Uh, It should be done by the states uh, per the 10th Amendment. So. Uh, Michael Bolden, he's with the 10th Amendment Center. So I'm just going to use the 10th Amendment Center to read this uh, this amendment. Um, my opinion is the 10th Amendment is the most important of the Bill of Rights. So the 10th Amendment says the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states 
are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. What that says is, as far as Congress goes, uh, Article 1 lists the powers that are expressly delegated to Congress. The way the Constitution works is only powers that are listed are lawful for them to exercise. There's nothing in there about education. Uh, it's Article 1, Section 8. Uh, you can read it. It takes just a few minutes. Uh, there's nothing in there that allows them to create a Department of Education, nothing that allows them to fund local schools, nothing that allows them to declare a day, Constitution Day, and require schools to teach it. Uh, that's clearly because it's not in Article 1, it's left up to the states, and the Tenth Amendment reminds us of that. It should remind them of that, too, but they don't give a shit. Um, but when they say... Uh, not delegated. So for Congress, that would be Article 1, Section 8. It's not delegated, uh, nor prohibited by it to the states. So there's a few uh, prohibitions on the states as far as being members of the union. If they ratify the Constitution and agree to be a member of the union, there's a few things they're not allowed to do. Uh, for example, states are not allowed to individually make treaties with other countries. Uh, states are not allowed to coin money or use anything except gold and silver, a payment and tender of debt. That's a fun one for another show. I think I talked about that in the Goldback episode. Um, all the states violate that one, of course, because um, they use U.S. dollars, uh, which is not constitutional per that one. Um, when they say, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So here's where education comes in. So if for those who consider education a government power. Um, I don't consider it even for state government, but I don't argue with other states. Uh, states have education departments. They want to have standards in education. Um, that's fine. Let's get rid of the federal government part, and then we'll start talking more about the states. But what the Tenth Amendment is saying, quite clearly, uh, the Department of Education is unconstitutional. Everything they do is unconstitutional, uh, which is unlawful or illegal. It's a violation of the oath of office to do anything if you work for the Department of Education. Um, the power that for that is either reserved to the states, respectively, which is, means the individual states, or to the people. So by or to the people means that it's not a power of any government at all. So I'll just stick with this. Uh, use the argument that the federal government, Department of Education, is unconstitutional. But each state can do what they want as far as that goes per the U.S. Constitution. So to answer a question on that, you got to go back to your state constitution. I live in Florida. If I have a problem with what a school is doing, my view is call Tallahassee. Uh, I don't call Washington, D.C. Uh, Washington, D.C. shouldn't be involved in this at all. Um, so it's a state thing. Now, my view is it should be the parents. Uh, I'm like super happy when I hear people are homeschooling uh, all the time. I'm When I meet homeschool people, I'm impressed with them. Um, people that self-study, homeschool, homeschool collaboratives. Now, I've taught the Constitution uh, in a, both a government school locally and in a homeschool uh, collaborative. Um, a short story here, another little rant. Um, when I first got into this Constitution thing years ago, uh, I went to my school. I found out about Constitution Day, um, and uh, I was uh, doing a lot of writing and doing a podcast for Convention of States at the time. Um, we were encouraging, we were, had a whole group, we were going to go into the schools and teach. So I went to my county, Martin County, Florida, 
And I volunteered to the assistant superintendent to teach a class or multiple classes on Constitution Day. Um, they said they'd get back to me. They'd look into it. Uh, after two months, I heard back from the director of curriculum for the county. This is for 27-odd schools, something like that. Um, his response was, no, I was not allowed to teach an hour overview of the Constitution at the high school level because I'm unqualified. Uh, he said that you need a law degree. Um, and when I pointed out that you don't need a law degree to understand the Constitution, uh, he referred me to the head of the Martin County Bar Association, who is the one who actually made the decision, he claimed, uh, but that the superintendent of the schools was on board. Um, and no, I would not be allowed to teach the Constitution in Martin County. Um, plus, you need a special qualification. So I asked him, like, do all the teachers teach it? And I pointed out that he is legally required to do it. He said, no, no, we don't have enough people. And most teachers are not allowed to teach it. Uh, a little worse than unqualified. Uh, they're not actually allowed. You have to have a special permission from the state to teach that subject in the county, according to the, this guy. So I wasn't allowed to teach it. But there's also a homeschool collaborative in my county. It's in the town I live in. So I ended up teaching it uh, there several times. I've done that on September 17th for 6th through 12th graders, uh, several groups um, at a homeschool collaborative. And the county north of me does not have this restriction. I've taught, guest taught uh, there a few times on a couple different topics related to the Constitution and American identity. So sorry for that long, boring story. Um, but that was my attempt to actually teach it in a government school. Like, nope. I got kicked out. Uh, oh, by the way, I asked, well, um, since only people with a law degree, you had to either be a judge or a practicing attorney in the county, are allowed to teach the Constitution on Constitution Day. I asked if I could go and watch a class. I said, I wouldn't say anything. I just would like to sit in the back and see what the attorneys are telling the students that I pay for uh, about the Constitution. And they flat out refused that. There's no way they were going to let me sit in a classroom. So far as I could tell, they don't want me to know what it is they're telling kids about the Constitution. And they definitely don't want me to talk about it. So, again, I digress. Um, but I have taught it. And so and I think it's a good thing to teach. So even though Congress requires it, I still think it's a good thing to teach anyway. So for Rebel Civics, um, what, uh, what we did is started a new series called Rebel Civics Academy. And the first episode was on the Constitution. So we put together a slideshow. We had a class that's a one block long, basically 45, 50 minutes in there. It can be used in a school to meet the Constitution Day requirements. I'm familiar with the requirements, the class that I developed and taught in the homeschool collaborative does meet the uh, federal and the Florida requirements for Constitution Day. So showing your kids this video meets that requirement, uh, showing this in schools meets it. So we've been sending this around to schools. I hope people would use it. So it was the Rebel Civics uh, Academy episode on the U.S. Constitution. It's September 7th of this year was when it published. So grab this video, send it to people if you know someone uh, with kids, or if you have kids that didn't learn about the Constitution on Constitution Day, uh, please share this this video. Um, the class was interactive. We had four students. Uh, they used pseudonyms and avatars. That's what these images are. Um, so we had Amber, 
Thomas, Jim Bowie, and Grace were the uh, pseudonyms of the students. And it was fun teaching them. Uh, their ages ranged or their grades ranged from sixth through 12th grade. Uh, some of them were in government schools. Um, some were homeschooled. Some are all of their time uh, in school. Uh, it was interesting. It was a, a fun class. So anyway, that's what I did. Uh, here's here's one of the slides. Uh, I did it as kind of a uh, question and answer sessions um, and try to engage the kids. So I'll just scan through a couple of them. But anyway, go, yeah, go watch the, the video. Here's a slide on state authority. Why do states have a constitution? Um, another example, job descriptions. You know, what is the job of Congress? So um, anyway, that's what I did. So even though Congress requires it, it's still a good idea to do it anyway. So I may joke or play around with uh, Michael Bolton's quote and explain why the day itself, as far as the federal requirement, uh, it's unconstitutional. No question. Anybody who wants to... Uh, present an argument why that isn't true, uh, I welcome it. Drop it in chat or send me an email. Um, I'd like to see some arguments for how that can't be true. Um, it's so much fun, I'm just gonna read it one more time. Constitution Day, the day that the largest government in the history of the world unconstitutionally mandates that schools unconstitutionally funded by the unconstitutional Federal Department of Education must teach your kids about constitutional limits on federal power. Uh, great quote, great quote there. Anyway, um, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I'll just close by saying the reason that I brought up this uh, teach it anyway, uh, basically it's uh, if you're familiar with the genetic fallacy, that's the uh, formal logic fallacy where the source of an argument doesn't say whether it's right or wrong. So, that's what I mean by say, teach it anyway. So it'd be a genetic fallacy to not teach the constitution on constitution day, just because Congress required it. Um, a broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing. Uh, I think it's a good idea to learn the constitution. I don't care about Congress's law. Um, I think the department of education should be closed. Um, the federal constitution day is unconstitutional, illegal, unlawful, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the whole thing is unconstitutional for a bunch of reasons I explained, but learning the constitution is a good idea. So yeah, get your kids one of these and, uh, have them learn the constitution and watch the rebel civic September 7th episode of, of this year, um, for constitution day. So, all right, goodbye for now. And we'll see you next week on rebel civics. Thanks for watching. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space, check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. It would be better for your health if you forgot what you just heard. 
That should be easy for someone of your intelligence. The following co-conspirators are hereby ordered to watch CNN. Experts agree that 87,000 new tax collectors will make inflation feel like less of a problem. I think we can agree that the FBI's track record speaks for itself. If you think about it, only government-sanctioned experts should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.